All right, let's get right to it. We're talking about estimates again. I love this topic because, frankly, anyone can do it. I'm not a contractor or anything like that, but I can tell you how to read an estimate. I can tell you what to look out for. And what I'm going to tell you today is the top 10 things to do and sort of not to do and to look out for as soon as you receive an insurance company estimate. And let's get right to it right now in three, in two, in one. What's up, advocates? Welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Claim Show. I am your host, Vince Perry. I'm owner and CEO of Elite Resolutions, a public adjusting firm, and also of the Commercial Claims Advocate, where we provide all kinds of educational material. Are you tired of waiting forever in a day to get paid on your insurance claim? Are you tired of having to drive to the insured's house so you can pick up your check and give them a check? What if we could take all of this away from you by using InkPay? InkPay is a godsend to our company. Everything is handled electronically. You take a photo of the check, you upload it directly into their software, and they take care of everything else. And the best part is the money gets directly deposited into your account. And when there's a mortgage company on there, they handle the entire mortgage company process as well. You have to call InkPay. It's been a game changer in my company. I strongly recommend them and I want you to go ahead and find them and use it in your company so you could streamline your payment process after the claim gets paid. Everybody needs an attorney on their side. So whether you're a public adjuster or contractor or anyone else in the insurance claims business, make sure that you have an attorney that you could rely on that you can go to for questions whenever you need it. That guy for me for the last 12 years has been David Farber. David Farber is the owner of the Farber Law Firm and he has been there for me from the beginning of my career until now. And I would love for him to be able to help you as well. So make sure you call him at this number here and visit his website so you can learn more about the amazing David Farber of the Farber Law Firm. Let's get right to it. These are the top 10 things. I don't know what top 10 this is, but I wanted to do a top 10 and it's all related around the insurance company estimate. So these are like the top 10 things to do when you receive an estimate from the insurance company. And there's a couple things that you shouldn't do, which is what we're going to start number one is. But let's get right to it. One of my favorite things, and I always screw this up, so get ready. There's 10, but there's probably going to end up being either 9 or 11 because that's just the way it always goes because my mind tends to wander that way. But that's okay. Let's do it. Top 10 things to do after you receive an insurance company estimate. Number one, you're going to be very surprised at. Number one, never accept the first offer. As simple as that. Never accept the first offer. Okay, you get the insurance company estimate, you take a look at it, you go scroll all the way to the bottom, you take a look at the total amount, and you have to just wonder. If you are a homeowner, you're definitely not going to know if this is going to be enough until you actually get a contractor out there. If you're a public adjuster, you need to have an estimate to compare as well. And if you're a contractor, you're probably going to look at it and say, yeah, that's not going to be enough. More often than not, unfortunately, and I don't usually, I really don't ever, you could go look at all the videos. I don't bash the insurance company. I'm just a public adjuster. And these are things that I've learned and I've experienced on a daily basis. Nine times out of 10, it's not enough. So just if you already have that initial thought process of never accepting the first offer, at least you could just already take a look at it with some questions. Question everything, right? Make sure you take a look at that estimate and see what you can do and, and see if you can get more money, get another estimate, whatever it is, which we're going to get into. But number one, never accept the first offer. Number two, never sign anything without consulting somebody first. Many of times I've had clients come and ask for my help and then I find out that they signed a release that was presented to them by the insurance company that that they could now no longer proceed anything else with that insurance claim. Also, the insurance company may require you to or may request that you sign a proof of loss. Now, although the insurance company or the insurance policy says that you should sign a proof of loss, be careful if you're signing the proof of loss based on the estimate put together by the insurance company because if you were to proceed further, that could be construed as you agreeing to the amount that they paid you. 
Little tip, quick tip here, Georgie, put it right around here. Quick tip. If you do sign a proof of loss, make sure that you write on the top undisputed payment only. Because what that means is there's still more money to get. So if you do have to sign that proof of loss for whatever reason, then make sure you write that at the top. And if you, whatever it is, make sure you get a professional to review it. Number three, hire a professional to review and compare your estimate. Hire a public adjuster, hire a contractor, hire a friend who knows about roofing and interior damage and flooring or whatever it is. Just say, hey, look, look at this thing. What do you think? Okay, you got to hire a professional. The good thing about a public adjuster, well, what a public adjuster do, we look at it from a little bit of a different angle. Uh, we want to make sure that there's all the, that all the coverages also have been used. Like, did you suffer any contents damage? Do you have to move out of your house if these repairs get started? Because if the repairs are to your kitchen, um, and to your laundry room or to your bathrooms that make your house basically unlivable, well, then you're going to get owed an additional coverage of additional living expenses as well. So number three, hire a professional to look review over it. Um, number four, look out for these specific things, okay? We're going to write this down right here, right there, okay? We're going to write this down. Look out for the depreciation. Look out for overhead and profit. Look out for the deductible. Look out for any costs incurred, okay? These are things that are going to deduct your estimate, and you're not even going to know what they are. So the first thing I think we said was depreciation. That's the age of the house, the age of the things that they're replacing. If you have if you have a decent policy and you have a replacement cost policy, understand that you will get that money back. So if the estimate says $20,000, you are only getting paid ten. chances are what's in there is depreciation. So although you have ten now, once you do the repairs, you will get that depreciation back. Another reason why it's going to be less than what you think it is is going going to have a deductible. Deductible is basically your choice. When you sign on with that policy with the insurance agent, you basically agree that this is what your deductible is going to be. Usually homeowners claims it's going to be around a thousand to five thousand. If it's a hurricane claim or an earthquake claim, it's a percentage. It could be a lot higher than that. So be careful. You want to be around the two percent mark. So the depreciation deductible overhead and profit. Overhead and profit is what the contractor is going to charge to make sure that they cover their overhead and they cover profit as well. Make sure that's in there. Because if you're going to hire a general contractor, they are going to charge you overhead and profit above everything. So make sure that that's in there. And that's roofs included. And the last thing is costs incurred. So costs incurred are money that you have to put out of pocket and they will basically reimburse you after you come out of pocket. One of those things, one of those things is ordinance of law. So if there's any code upgrades, a lot of times you have to come out of pocket first and then they will repay you. The number will be in the estimate, but that doesn't come until after the work is completed. Costs incurred is also the depreciation is a cost incurred. A cost incurred a lot of times is ALE. So if you have to go rent at a place, you have to actually pay for that place first and then they will give you the money back. But those are the things you want to come out for look out for. Number five, if you are going to now argue and dispute that estimate for something that you think it should be more of, show proof, back it up, back it up with some kind of evidence, back it up with some good photos because maybe you think the floor needs to be replaced and they didn't include the floor. Well, show some photos of damaged floor. If the roof needs to be replaced and they're not even touching the roof, show roof damage. If you show evidence, trust me when I tell you, most insurance companies, at least the the desk adjusters, the insurance adjusters that are in-house, most of them want to pay. The problem is, is that they have to submit their report and it's reviewed by management. And if they don't show management enough evidence of what that desk adjuster is agreeing to pay for, then that desk adjuster is going to get in trouble and they're not going to be able to pay for it anyway. So show proof for to help the desk adjuster out. Help the, help the insurance adjuster help you. Number six, 
Number six, you're going to look at some stuff that is continuous, that is matching, whatever it is. If you feel that all of your floor needs to be included because it's all of continuous and they only put for a repair to part of it, make sure that they're aware of that, that the insurance company does owe, are you ready for this, to put you back to pre-loss conditions. Pre-loss conditions is that before the damage occurred to your floor, for example, it all looked the same and therefore it should look the same after the claim gets paid. Um... Next thing you're going to find some differences. There's maybe some different repair methods that are in that the insurance adjuster feels need, that can be done that the contractor doesn't. I will give you a perfect example. I had a claim where it was the supply line behind the shower head. So from the shower head down to the handle, that supply line was broken and was causing damage. Behind this wall was just drywall. In front of it was the tile bathroom. Uh, the insurance adjuster felt that in order to repair it, you could go to the drywall and the tile would not be affected. However, the licensed general contractor said the way that the supply line was positioned, the only way to replace that pipe and actually get access to it to replace it correctly was actually through the tile. And it took a reinspection, a reinspection with myself and the licensed general contractor to prove to him that that was indeed the only way to do it. So there are differences in repair methods that you have to watch out for. Number eight. Goes back to number five, basically. Get expert opinions. I do it all the time on my claims. I'm expert in policy, I'm expert in negotiation, and just doing what I do with the insurance company, but I may need an engineer. I got an engineer going out to a claim in California next week. I may need a contractor. I may need a roofer. I may need a plumber. Get experts out there to prove your case, to prove your point as to why the insurance adjuster's estimate is not where it needs to be. Like that general contractor I got. Get them out there to prove your case. Number nine, don't be afraid to negotiate. Don't be afraid to negotiate. Now, this is my way of doing things. I know there's other adjusters out there that do not negotiate. They have their estimate. This is what it costs, and this is what needs to be paid. That's fine. That's just never been the way we've done it. Uh, I personally am okay with negotiating. If we could come to an agreement where you're giving up more, we're giving up a little bit less, and the client is happy, or you as a homeowner, you're happy, then it's okay to negotiate. And number 10, when all else fails... Try one of, the dis one of the alternative dispute resolution, ADR, alternative dispute resolution methods. That's mediation, that's appraisal, that's arbitration, and that's litigation, okay? What I'm most experienced in is with appraisal and with mediation, okay? Remember that if you do go to appraisal, you're going to have to hire somebody to represent you, and that is binding. So whatever they agree to, they agree to, and there's no more, there's no going back. Mediation is usually done with your local state government, or with your local state officials, and basically you go and you meet someplace and you try to come to an agreement. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And then when all else fails, you could always file a lawsuit, hire an attorney. And hopefully your claim is worth it. It doesn't cost you too much to do so. Sometimes in some states, the attorney fees and costs are actually paid for. Um, but whatever it is that you choose, make sure that you fight for it. If you think that you truly deserve more money on that insurance adjuster's estimate, you need to do all those things. Get all these 10 things in order and make sure that you do whatever you can to get more money to put your home and your life back together again. That's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. Phew, it's like I didn't breathe. It's because I just had a cup of coffee. I had been looking for an accountant for years and I was unable to find anybody that I liked, that I worked with and was able to do what I needed to be done to my taxes and to my accountant. Jeremy David at Noble Wealth has been a godsend to me, my family and my company. We have saved so much money in taxes I can't even begin to describe and he knows what he's doing. You need to call Jeremy at Noble Wealth and get yourself the right accountant because he's the man who's going to help you save on taxes because ultimately you don't want to be making 
making money, so especially if you're self-employed, and having it all go to the IRS. Call Jeremy, call Noble Wealth, and they will help you tremendously with the entire accounting process and your tax situation from A to Z. Additional living expenses is one of the most difficult parts of an insurance claim. And the reason is, is it's very high pressure. And as a public adjuster or contractor, you're already dealing with the negotiating of the build-back process. You don't want to have to deal with ALE as well. Black Diamond Housing Services does all of that. They don't even charge the client. They bill it directly to the insurance company. It's all covered under the ALE coverage. So you need to call Black Diamond if you have a house that has been severely lost, whether it's like severe mold, severe water, fire, anything like that, where they need a place to stay, call Black Diamond Housing Services and they'll be able to take care of your client from beginning to end. My name is Vince Perry, owner and CEO of Elite Resolutions. Check us out on EliteResolutions.com. We've got a really, really killer blog. If you'd like to look at some more information about what's going on and just learning how to work the insurance claims process. Also, if you're a public adjuster, you want to come on board, please fill out an application. We'd love to have you. And also go on CommercialClaimsAdvocate.com. If you are in the industry, we have industry events. We've got educational material that I think could be very beneficial for you. And last thing, subscribe below because every single week, every Wednesday, no matter what, whether health freezes over or not, we will come out with a content Wednesday video just for you. So thank you very much. Hope you guys have a great week. See you later.